It seems like the very definition of friends and family would be people who have your back no matter what. Sadly, that's often not how it feels. And since I don't want to have to bail you out of jail because you hurt somebody, I'm coming at you today with the four reasons friends and family are unsupportive to begin with and my top five tips for handling them like a pro so you can walk away without going to jail. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Well, hi there. Welcome back. Here I am, Abby Metcalf, coming at you. A lot of you have written in about today's topic, so I'm excited to get to it. Uh, I've also had a lot of people respond, which, by the way, I always appreciate, and I always email back because I'm so excited when I get your emails. I really do. I really am, and I really do respond. Um, A lot of folks have asked when my book is coming out. I still have the wait list for the book. If you want to get on the wait list, you can come on over to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast, and uh, this is episode... 134, and you can get on the wait list, or you can just email me and I'll stick you on the wait list, abby at abbymedcalf.com. And it's going to be negative thinking sucks and not in a good way. And I'm really going to handhold you through the process of truly changing the way that you think so that you don't get overcome anymore with negative thinking. And you can really shift how that happens. So Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm getting it out as soon as I can. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. It's going to be good. So let's get to it. Now, sadly, so what I said in the beginning, right? You know, friends and family. If I think of those terms, I think, oh, these are people who have my back no matter what. These are, you know, that's who I can count on. But then they say things, (laughs) to us. So tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Something It could be something like, uh, I don't know why you married that man. That's not supportive. Uh, oh, don't leave your job. You've got benefits and security. It, it doesn't feel supportive. Uh, I know you said you're on a diet, but do you want to split the brownie Sunday? <laughs> Maybe you can't make a living from art. You should get a business degree. Uh trying to think of another one. Oh, uh, can't you just take mom to all her doctor's appointments since you don't have a job? Not supportive. And I'll give you, I'm trying to think of one more. Oh, um, oh, I didn't parent you with all this cotton and organic stuff and you turned out fine, you know, or the parent who gives your child, uh, sugar or something that you don't allow at a time you don't allow and like, oh, you're just overreacting. You know, all of this feels unsupportive. So 
And and let me just give you a little caveat before we jump in too far. I'm uh, I'm definitely talking about how to deal with unsupportive friends and family. I'm not talking about how to deal with toxic people. Toxic people are another level. They are super unhealthy and they're really looking to bring you down so they can feel better about themselves. They do not have your best interests at heart ever. These relationships are full of gaslighting and they are emotionally abusive is really what that is. So there, uh, there's different tactics to use with them than for your friends or family who just simply aren't supportive, who didn't get the memo. So I'm going to do a separate podcast on how to deal with toxic people. So, you know, put that on the back burner for now. But if you have toxic people in your life, you definitely have unsupportive people in your life likely too. And, and so what I'm talking about today is simply not being supported, which again, usually shows up as someone's really it shows up as someone's first response to your idea or your life being negative. They just start with the negative kind of all the time. So if you're sharing an idea and your sister shoots it down without letting you finish, if your dad doesn't support your choice to get a history degree and is pushing you to get the teaching credential so you always have a job and benefits, if your friend makes general negative comments about your life choices, you know, oh, I told you he was wrong from you from the get-go. That's what I'm talking about. And these are people who are unsupportive versus toxic. Basically, these are relationships you can improve and will improve in different ways. When we're talking about toxic people, uh, the relationship can't always improve exactly. It's more of how you only improve. So, but again, I'll separate all that later. If you're not sure if relationship is toxic or not, listen today, see what resonates, and then definitely check back in for the toxic one. Okay. So one of the things I always get asked is, well, why are they unsupportive, Abby? And there's really uh, four main reasons why people are unsupportive, why your friends and family are unsupportive. But they really boil down to two categories. They're either they're scared for you or they're scared for themselves. And these, and I do want to say that either of those beliefs, either of those kind of categories they might fall into, um, and any of the emotional drivers, you know, driving this, they're largely unconscious, I guess is what I want to say. So your friends and family often have no idea that they're even doing it or why they're doing it. So we do want to start with some compassion, just like how, you know, you can be unself-aware. Also, this is also often what this is now. But let me tell you about these kind of four ways that, you know, reasons why people are unsupportive. So the first one which I think is the most common uh, a lot, but they want to keep you from pain. What they, they, They're trying to control your future pain. <laughs> so they're negative. They're shooting things down because they love you and they're trying to keep you from failing or having pain in the future. It's their way of saying they're afraid for you. They, they want what's best for you. And the problem is they think they know what you need to ultimately have a happy life. And they don't want to see you sad or upset. So they don't support decisions or thoughts you're having that don't line up with what they think will make you happy in the long term. So, you know, yeah, someone saying, uh, uh, you don't, you don't want to, uh, what are you gonna do with a philosophy degree? There's no jobs, you know, you really want, you know, this other thing. Uh, or they're trying to steer you away from a certain kind of partner. Uh, again, these can fall into other categories too, but I think a lot of times they fall into uh, a parent, a friend, a sibling, whoever, 
trying to help you not make mistakes they think they made and steer you in a different direction. So it really does come from love. It just doesn't always feel that way when you hear it. Uh, reason number two, they don't want to worry about you. And again, some of the, you can have multiple reasons uh, for some of this, but so they want to feel at ease or, you know, comfortable about what you're doing. So they don't have to worry about you. They try to control, again, they're still trying to control you and direct you, uh, you know, to the options that they think are best. So this might be when your mom is pushing you to get married, even though you're unsure, because to your mom, being married means safety and security. And once you're married off, she'll exhale a sigh of relief. Ah, oh, I don't have to worry about that one, <laughs> that one anymore. You know, there's that idea that people have, their own beliefs, and they don't want to have to worry about, and that could be with that job too, you know, take this job, not that job, because they're worried about your future. And uh, they don't want to have to worry about, oh, does so-and-so have, you know, do they have health insurance? I don't even know. Now I'm worried for them. They, they you know, they don't want to worry about it. And so they make it seem like they're worried about, you know, what you think, but really it's about kind of what they think, right? Number three, they see your actions as a reflection on them. This comes a lot from parents, but also from partners, sometimes siblings. It can come from anybody, really. But it, I, but I think it mostly comes up with parents. Um, and so you're living a certain way, looking a specific way, and making particular life choices uh, can be important to those around you because they think it's a reflection on them, whatever you're doing, saying, being in the world. Uh, your parents maybe don't support you having a child if you're not married because of how they think others will perceive them. Um, although they say they're worried about how others will perceive you. <laughs> That's what they're telling you. It's going to be really hard on you. Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, I had this recently with a client who came out to uh, her parents and their first reaction was very negative. And a lot of it, what they said later about that was they were worried about her. You know, you're, it's harder to find a partner. You're going to be able to have kids. You know, people are going to talk badly about you. You might get hurt. There might be a hate crime. And, you know, she had pretty straight parents and they had been lying for a while to other people about her uh, coming out. And, it, you know, this was likely a time when they were worried about how it would look about them. They saw it as a reflection on them. So, uh, you know, th this comes up, they, they see it this way, you know, uh, maybe you have a friend who's vocal and negative about your, uh, tr your, how you, how you're dressed, your choice of style, because they don't want to be seen out at a club with you looking like that. <laughs> you know, again, it could be from the most shallow to the, to, to something bigger, but, uh, people do, you know, go to this place. Uh, and the last one, which I think is the least, but people seem to think is the most is that the other person is jealous. That's why they're not supportive. Um, you, so you might not be supported because a, a friend or a family member is jealous of a decision you're making because they unconsciously wish they could do what you're doing. And this drives them to shoot down um, or dismiss what you're doing. So, be, so they don't have to deal with their own feelings and actions. And I'll tell you, I see this one a lot when someone's getting divorced. They have friends or family members who are vehemently against it because they themselves have unhappy marriages but can't imagine leaving. So they don't want you to show them that it's possible, that 
if you're unhappy and leaving your marriage, what does it say about the fact that they complain all the time about their own? And that's what's going on. So, you know, uh, I've also seen this happen when someone stops, let's say, drinking. A friend could really oppose them stopping because that friend drinks more than you. And if you stop because you think it's a problem, what does that say about them? Again, what does that say about them? There's there's a there's a a factor here um, about their own choices and their own things they're doing. And again, and different people can have the same negative reactions to something you're doing, but for different reasons. So I don't want you to lump everyone together all the time. Um, you know, I know for me, I moved a lot when I was younger. I, I moved a ton. Um, I I moved countries. You know, I lived in Israel. I lived different places in New York. I lived in Massachusetts. I lived in New Hampshire. I li- you know, I, I lived a lot of places. I traveled a lot. And in my family, um, people all had sort of different reactions to that. And uh, I think for some... You know, my grandmother would get worried. Uh, I was very close to my grandma and she'd get worried, I think, for me. She, you know, she didn't see it as safe. Like, why aren't you settling down? Why? Aren't you? I remember when I got married, she was so happy. <laughs> so happy. And she kept saying that. Oh, you're finally settling down. You're finally, you know, you're finally, you're finally. It, it was in her head. It meant I was okay now. I was, I wasn't traipsing all over the world. I wasn't traveling all over, you know, for whatever. Um, the way she saw it. Uh, other people I think in my life were jealous thinking, wow, I'm living this life. I'm, I'm traveling all over the world. I'm taking all these opportunities. And they themselves were not doing that. I had family members who had never done that, who had never traveled. And, uh, I think for them, there was some jealousy involved or some like questioning of their own life choices. And so they would get kind of negative with me. I remember in my family, I used to get called the wandering Jew a lot. That's a plant if anyone doesn't know. But, you know, as sort of a joke, I was often the butt of a joke about my moving. And, you know, there was sarcasm and all this joking about it all the time and it hurt. And it, I didn't understand it at the time because, you know, hey, we're just joking. But I realized later, of course, that they were uncomfortable. I was doing something that they were uncomfortable with. Uh, so people were reacting in different ways about it. So, uh, you know, what I want you to get in the end is that no matter the underlying reason for a friend or family member being unsupportive, their reaction is about them, not you. Any negative reaction, anything that's sort of coming at you, even if it seems positive, but it's negative, you know, (laughs) really underneath, it's about them, not you. I'm not, and I'm not blowing sunshine up your butt here. I, I am not doing that. I'm speaking the truth. This is the truth. They're having a fear reaction. That's what they're having. And that's about their fear first, not about your idea or action or whatever you did. It, and I want you for as much as you can to find compassion for them and not react in fear yourself. So one of the things that's always helped me is to sort of ask myself, why aren't they supportive of this? You know, you might, and you might answer in your head, uh, my dad's always negative. He's always putting down my ideas. And, and again, I, I would take a deep breath, dig deep and ask yourself, but, but why? If, if he's unsupportive because he's scared for you, he deserves compassion. If he's unsupportive because he's jealous of the life you're living, 
he deserves compassion. How, you know, how sad not to live the life you truly want. If he's unsupportive because he thinks your actions are a reflection on him, he's living in fear and ego and still, guess what? Deserves your compassion. Do you see where I'm going here? <laughs> People are doing the best with the tools they have. I, I learned that a long time ago and it's true. And if you are having trouble finding the compassion, that's usually where I go um, to, to remembering that. So, and again, now, so getting to the compassion can be tough when you're being criticized or dismissed or told you're crazy, you know, to do what you're doing, whatever. So I do, of course, have tips for how to deal with that. That's beyond just, you know, remembering that they're doing the best with the tools they have. Although that's a good one. It's kind of like I have six tips, not just five. But anyway, but I'm going to give you five. So uh, here's the five things to, to do, think about, you know, whatever. All right. Tip number one is don't look for approval. I think this is the biggest one. This is the biggest problem is that you go to people, these friends and families looking for their approval for what you're doing. And that's why it hurts so much. And it's so upsetting when they don't, when they are unsupportive of it. And the only person in the whole wide world who needs to approve of what you're doing is, I know you guessed it, is you. It's fabulous, amazing, incredible you. And so when you look to your friends and family to approve of what you're doing, you are setting yourself up. You're setting them up too, but you're really setting yourself up. It all comes down, think about it. All of this comes down really to your self-esteem and your confidence. Uh, I did a whole podcast on that. I will link to it here in the show notes, or you can come on over to the website if you want to search for that, or wherever you find my podcast, you can search. Uh, Self-esteem and confidence, uh, how to build it, did did a whole thing on that. So you you really want to take a look. But uh, I'm just saying, that's what that really is about. It's not about them. It it's about you standing up for yourself and having the self-esteem and confidence to say what you will and won't stand for, what you need, feeling confident in your decision-making, in your you know problem-solving ability, and the way you came to a decision as well. You know, as, when you're in that place, you don't let other people's negative reactions sway you. What do I always say? Be the dominant vibration in the room. It's really, really important that when you talk to a family member or friend about something that you think first. And so actually that gets me to tip number two. So don't look for their approval. And the best way to make sure you're not doing that is my second tip, which is to set them up for success and yourself really, right? Start any conversation with what you want. Don't do these things off the cuff, you know, oh, by the way, don't, don't do it that way. And then be butthurt. That's not gonna, that's not getting you where you want to go. What are you looking to get from this person, from this friend or family member, whoever it is? How do you want the conversation to end? Set them up for success. So, you know, be clear about what you want before you share before you share, before you go there. Um, let me think of something good here. So, so uh, dad, I, I'd like us to have a conversation about my work. Um, I know how much you love me and I really value your opinion. But in the past, when we've had these conversations, I haven't felt supported by you. And I know you want to support me. I know that when I say things you don't like, you get worried, but that comes at me in a really negative way. Um, I know you don't mean it that way, but that's how it feels. So, I'd like to have a conversation about some decisions I've made 
And I want to feel your support first. That's it. I'm not looking for you to agree with what I'm telling you, but I'm looking for you to love and support me. If you have questions about what I'm talking about, you can ask, but but I, I appreciate you keeping your opinions to yourself for now. I'd appreciate you really just listening to what I'm saying and maybe not even saying anything other than great, you know, good. I'm glad you've come to a decision <laughs> and maybe even thinking about it a little before you even come back with questions, you know, to make sure they're not just sort of knee jerk. Anyway, and maybe you don't say all that, but you get the idea. You, you remember you're, you're finding compassion for those you love. You're, you're setting the conversation up in a way that you're telling them how much you love them. You're, you're setting that loving intention. You are giving them the really benefit of the doubt uh, as one of my clients used to say, the most generous interpretation, you're, you're really giving them that love, which is awesome. So setting it up for success. Okay. And not looking for approval, making sure going in that that's not what you're looking for them to do. You're just looking for support and love, not for them to say, wow, that's the best idea ever. Tip number three is be mindful of what you share. If you have someone in your life who cannot seem to be anything but unsupportive, I would ask you to start thinking about what you're sharing with this person. Why must you share this piece of your life? Or, or maybe you think of how you share things, uh, you know, how you do it, right? Maybe send an email where you can say what you want instead. And, and need. Instead of speaking in person to that person where things get heated and you end up feeling hurt. Really think about it. And I, I've shared this before on the podcast, you know, uh, my mom, uh, God bless her. Uh, you know, we had in many ways, this very difficult relationship that we had to work through together. And when I shared certain things, it just always seemed to go left. <laughs> I, I would just come away not feeling good. And she didn't either, I'm sure, because I would get frustrated and annoyed with her and it just didn't feel good, you know? And so being mindful about what I shared and or going into the conversation knowing I wasn't looking for her approval and that I was setting her up for success, telling her first what I needed, you know what I mean? Think of these three things, you know, if if no matter what you say to them, they come back with something that's not good, that they don't seem to be able to stick to the, you know, what you're asking for, then you really have to think about what you're sharing. Don't blame them anymore. Don't just think, oh, I'm so mad at them for not doing this. You got to look at yourself and your own behaviors. Why do you keep sharing this stuff with them when they clearly cannot give you the answer that you're looking for, that kind of support you're looking for? They just, for whatever reason, in their own little world, cannot do it. So how do you find that space to let that go. Okay. Tip number four, find other resources. So instead of sharing certain things with your usual friends and family, build your own support network. And this is what I did, uh, have done and still have. You know, can't talk with your mom about the guy you're dating without her getting very negative. Find someone else who listens well and share it with them. So again, this kind of goes into the last one, you know, of not sharing certain information. Uh, you know, build your own and, and build your own resources, not just the people, not just the network of having, you know, people that you really can count on, uh, you know, be, have resources of your, build other resources for yourself. And I'm trying to think of how to say this best. Okay. So let's say you, let's say your parents are, aren't supportive of your college dreams, right? You, you want to, you know, 
they, like they, they say to you, well, if you major in, in art, uh, we won't pay for that. We'll only pay for college if you major in business. So that's their choice. They don't have to pay for you for stuff. My parents didn't pay for my college. You know, like uh, lots of people go to college because their and their parents can't pay. So if your parents do that, that's their right. It's their money. Um, but be a grown up and either pay your tuition yourself, work hard to get a scholarship or get resource resourceful and find other ways to pay for school. I had so many scholarships at school. <laughs> I had like ones that paid like $250 a semester, ones that paid, you know, but in those days that would buy all my books, you know, uh, and my notebooks and stuff, you know, I, or I wouldn't buy the books. I would get them out of the library or I would, you know, when you don't have a lot of money, I remember spending a, a dollar <laughs> back in the day. That's how long ago this was. I could spend a dollar and get 10 boxes of mac and cheese. That's right, 10. And then I would go to the student union and I would steal the little creamers and little pads of butter. Uh-huh. It takes a lot of those little damn creamers to make enough cream for the for the mac and cheese. But and I was still and that that would be my food. I could spend a dollar and I got sick of mac and cheese, but that's what I ate. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. But you so that's very resourceful. You you can't just say, oh, they won't pay, so now I'm business school and I hate it. That's that's not it. That's not it. And, and, you know, you can tell yourself, well, I don't want to have loans. That's not fair. And whatever. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Sometimes life's not fair. And, and it is fair. They're allowed to do whatever they're doing. They're allowed to make choices with their money. It's, you're not a victim. You, you don't have to just follow along. So build your own resources. Again, find a network. Find people who support you who do give you what you need. So you're not looking to them for those things that they cannot give, right? And you can get other things from them that they can give. Uh, and look for those other kinds of resources to be independent. So you're not counting on them for certain kinds of things uh, so that you're not, you know, sort of blackmailed into doing things a certain way. Be in charge of you. So, okay. And then tip number five is making the cut. Now, let me say this. When family members aren't supportive, I lean towards just not sharing certain things with them. I, I don't like cutting family members out of your life. I really don't. I think it's really hard, number one. Um, and again, if they're truly toxic or you just can't keep your boundaries around them, then that's different. But if we're just talking about someone who's unsupportive, you know, um, you might spend less time with them. You might have really clear boundaries when you are with them, um, what you do, what you say, you know, all that good stuff. But just cutting them out of your life, I, I would really um, favor that you figure out other ways first. You try other ways first. Again, unless it's abusive, you know, super toxic, or, or again, it's abusive to yourself somehow because you're not in a place yet uh, emotionally where you can keep your boundaries and you just find yourself feeling horrible every time you like leave their presence. Um, definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely look at, you know, keeping them. However, when friends aren't supportive, I think it's a completely different issue. And my big obvious, I think, I hope question to you is why are these your friends? I, I don't understand this part. Why do you have friends who you can't get what you need from. I uh, Friends are a choice. You know, our family often isn't, but friends are. I can't imagine having unsupportive friends. I have like amazing friends. I don't have a million friends. I don't. 
Um, I have lots of people I like and that I'm acquaintances with, but my, my posse, my inner circle are about five women total. That's my, my posse. That's my, my peeps. Those are the, those are the ones. And, you know, I don't know what the F, like, what are you doing? I, I've, and I've had friends, um, you know, my friends don't just question my choices or they ask about my thinking. They don't just like agree with everything I say, but it's always in a supportive way. It is never in a trying to get me or their own fear, or if it is in their own fear, I have the kinds of friends, again, to me, that's what a friend is, that I can say to them, hey, is this about you, not me? What's happening right now? You usually don't sound this way, whatever. We can talk about it. We can have a really constructive, fabulous conversation about it. If that's not how, ha- I don't, but I don't have to work hard at my friend. Let me say that. I do not work hard at my friendships. I don't have to, I don't know, take care of these women or think about them all the time or what are they doing? Oh, what if I say this and they're going to think this? I don't do any of that. I, I don't have friends in my life who I have that with. I have it with some family members, but I do not have it with my friends. And so I, 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 you know, I can, when they do question things, I can tell why they're asking again. And I don't always like it at first. Don't get me wrong. Some of my friends are probably listening right now going, yeah, please. I'm not saying I always like it in the moment, but generally what might feel negative to me in a moment is truly something I needed to think about that I was overlooking. And that's my knee jerk reaction to view it that way initially. Cause I, cause I don't like what I'm hearing, <laughs> but they're supporting me as a person and they know me and they have my best interests at heart. And they really, you know, again, are open to that dialogue now. And I have had some scary people sneak through over the years. There's no two ways about it. I, I'd meet someone great. We become friends. We're hanging out. I'm like, Oh, I love this person. They're the best. But over time, you know, some undermining, uh, maybe I'd notice some jealousy, some being unsupportive and, each time I just stop, you know, I get rid of those people. I don't, so they're not in my life anymore. And I've got better and better at this as I've gotten older. I will tell you that right now. Um, you can just stop responding. You don't even have to have some grand gesture or proclamation. You're not my friend. You know, you don't have to unfriend them everywhere. You know, you can unfollow and unfriend people without them knowing, you know, if you want to do that. You can just, you know, not respond or not respond quickly. You know, if you really feel like it's getting weird, you can just, you know, say to them, I'm the truth that you're don't want to be friends. That's fine. But I found in a lot of ways, people get the hint and they kind of move on. They don't, you know, it doesn't need to be anything. And then maybe I'll see that person in different ways in the future. And, uh, and it's fine. We can hang out or be in the same room or at a party or something. And uh, I, you know, I didn't declare anything. So it's, it's very easy. It's not uncomfortable. Um, we've just sort of moved in different ways and I'll might catch up with them there or something, but that's it. You know, I'm not allowing them back in. So just really, really think about friends who aren't supportive that you need to make a cut and look to start attracting people who can really bring you what you want, who can really be there for you in the way that you need. And in my experience, people tend to attract, when they have unsupportive family, they tend to attract unsupportive friends also, because that's how they think the relationships are supposed to go. That's what looks normal. And Uh, so if you're listening to the podcast, you're getting better every day. You are working on yourself. You're doing your thing. And this, 
this is something else, you know, like now you're ready to attract different people. You don't have to be afraid of keeping people in your life because you're afraid you won't have any friends. That that's not what's going to happen. You're going to make room for who and what, who you do want. And that's what's important. So no matter what, you need to feel your friends have your back first. Really look at these relationships and ask yourself those hard questions about why you're keeping these relationships alive if if you're continually not getting what you need. Uh, and so I really want you to think about that. And, and I do want to say, as I'm wrapping up here, that a great thing to do, I'll give you, I guess, tip number six or seven, <laughs> is... Uh, a loving kindness meditation around the unsupportive friends and family. And uh, I've talked about in the last few podcasts, I have a loving kindness meditation that I will link to uh, on the podcast page in what we call the show notes, um, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. I will link to it and uh, you can um, click on there and, you know, it's a, or you can also go to my YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and put in Abby Metcalf um, and then put in loving kindness meditation, it'll pop up. Has that for easy? And uh, there's a little meditation you can do to help you find the love, to help you ease back and find the compassion and the patience. Uh, and that's really what it's all about, right? Okay. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Are you still here? Are you still listening? <laughs> if you're still here and listening, that means you really love me and you really want to hang out. So I'm going to ask as part of that love uh, that you leave a review for the podcast if you haven't done it yet. Anywhere you download, please, please, please. It really helps um, tremendously get the word out if you leave a review. So I'd really appreciate that. Um, and I'd also love to hear from you. You're still here. So, you know, we have, a, we have our relationship. I'd like to hear what your struggles are, what you'd like to hear on the podcast. Even if I've done a podcast on it before, I'm really happy to do one again uh, on a certain topic, you know, from a different angle probably, but, uh, and maybe you need a different angle if you've already heard it before. So email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com and let me know some topics you want to hear about in the future. Uh, and I'd be really happy to do it or anything else you want to hear about. I don't know what you want to hear about, but lay it out there. Let's, let's talk. Let's see <laughs> what we can do. Um, and so I love you. Thanks for, thanks for staying the extra minute with me. And I'm really going to end now. So uh, have an amazing week. 
really practice the loving kindness meditation and uh, feel that love for yourself. Maybe even put me in there. Throw me in there. That'd be nice. I could use all the loving kindness I can get. That's it. I love you so much. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon.